Buonasera amici. Buonasera Tommaso, amore mio. <laughs> Buonasera, Belladonna. Here we are, back in the recording studio one week later. It's also Friday night like it was last time. And we are about to give you the second episode of my epic road trip from north to south. And? And we're having an Aperol Sprit, yes. <laughs> Which is an odd drink to be having on a cold December night, but... Ooh, it's December. Correct. Hey, what the heck? Well, it's the first one we've had since last Friday when we did our first episode. And it was much nicer last Friday. (laughs) It was warmer. But how about this? We had a Aperol spritz basically every day of our entire vacation. If not two. Right. A couple times we had two. Yes. But here we are, the first one in a week. So that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. We left you with the first episode of this epic road trip after our first few days in Lago di Como. My first few days, I should say, with the first round of... Kitten Club number one. Kitten Club number one. Tommaso was not with us. So before we started our day for the road trip down to Toscana, we had one last incredible breakfast at La Locanda del Cantieri with a view of the water. My old friend Paul from... My high school in Chicago, he came to meet me. He's been living in Milan for 20 plus years. That was a treat. And we had our breakfast. And then I said to the girls, let me go get the car and I'll bring it around. And we somehow jam all of this massive luggage into the little Fiat Tipo. I'd like to step back for one second. I think it's extraordinary that two people from Barrington, Illinois end up in Milan. (laughs) No kidding. And I think we mentioned that in a previous episode. We just had seen each other at a 15th or 20th, 10th um, high school reunion. Said, oh, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Oh, I lived in Milan. Oh, I live in Milan. So that was very funny. Okay, sorry to interrupt. That's okay. It was a joy to see him. So I went into the garage. That's another benefit about staying at Locanda del Cantieri. They have a garage. I went in there to get the Fiat Tipo, and I took one look. I was like, no way. There was this massive, brand-new BMW right next to the Tipo with German license plates. I was like, no way am I going to, like, touch that car. And I was closest to the wall, and this BMW literally was, like, two centimeters from the side. And everyone else was inside having breakfast. And I thought, how am I going to do this? Because you had to back up and somehow turn to in reverse in order to get out of the entrance. So the whole thing had me super nervous. And I had just had two cappuccinos. I was like, whoa. So I get in, I'm inching, inching, inching. And then all of a sudden I hear, nine. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Luckily, that's not what I heard. (laughs) No, I heard, die, Kimberly, bye, 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 okay, you can do it. And I turned around, and there's Alberto or somebody going, come on, what's the big deal? I was like, well, what's the big deal? Literally, there's like a half an inch between us. They're motioning, come on back, come on back. I finally did it. It took forever. I get out, I'm like, 
sweating. <laughs> and then the girls are outside with their luggage. We jam it all in. So we had to drive back down Lago di Como to get to the Autostrada up by the Swiss border and head south toward Tuscany. So as I'm driving on this small, little, narrow, windy, you know, up and down roads, as you well know, Tommaso, the girls, after three days of being there, two full days of being there, again, they're like, oh, ah, watch out, blah, 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 in the backseat. So finally, when we get on the autostrada, they said, you know, if someone was coming to visit for the first time in Lago di Como, would you recommend that they hire a driver if they weren't comfortable driving here? I said, yes, that's a very good idea. They're expensive, a private driver, but for good reason. But they're, they could break your budget if you wanted to take a driver every single day. So I said, you know, I think you're intimidated because it's your first time here, but really it's not that bad if you have an aversion to driving in New York City, for example, okay, then this is not for you. But, you know, if you have a little risk in your life, I'd say, do it, it's fun. And with that, Charlene's in the back seat and she goes, or if you just have a total death wish. (laughs) (laughs) And so I agreed and I said, okay, it's not for everyone, but it is the best way to see rural places, small out-of-the-way places. There's no way you could experience somewhere like Lake Como if you weren't in a car. Right. So that was funny. So we get onto the autostrada, and it's a good five-hour drive south at least. And we're just chatting away, and all of a sudden I saw, oh, Auto Grill. You remember Auto Grill? Yes, I do. Right? So I said, girls, let's stop and uh, get something for lunch and a cappuccino, and they now have very clean bathrooms, unlike the old days. Yes. Okay. So we get into Auto Grill, and everyone's got their mask on, and it's always like a one-way type place. Right. There's it, always a lot. There's always a. a they heard a, you through like a an airport. Right. Um, With so, roped off things. Exactly. So you go through the turnstile, you get in, and all, and I was used to it. I was just going to go up to the bar and get a cappuccino and see if someone wanted a panino. And all of a sudden, I realized I'm alone, and I turned around, and the girls were like, oh, my God, look at this chocolate. Look at this bread. Look at the wine. I mean, Autogrill sells everything you could ever need. So they were thinking when I said, oh, let's stop at the highway rest stop they were thinking like what you know mcdonald's dunkin donuts and sparrow pizza (laughs) auto grill experience for someone on their first time was just amazing anyway so we did get a cappuccino each of us and then we got a panino grilled vegetables with ricotta on a grain bread he heated it up for us And we took it outside because it was so warm and so hot. So we decided to stand outside the Fiat Tipo and have our panino, which we did. And every bite, (laughs) the girl was like, oh, my God, this is the best sandwich of my life. (laughs) I I don't understand one thing. How in Italy you can ever have a sandwich without brasala or palma ham. 
Some people don't eat meat. Well, okay. You Grilled eat. vegetables with ricotta from Auto Grill. Mm. 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 Delicioso. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Auto Grill was a fun experience. And then we still had another several hours to get to Tuscany. And every time they would see the sign for Auto Grill coming up in three kilometers, two kilometers, like, um, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> The taste buds kicked in. Right. So we stopped maybe two more times at Auto Grill, another cappuccino, a little bite of a bar of Italian chocolate, whatever. So we finally get toward Tuscany and the hills get a little bigger and then slowly they're bigger. And then they see these medieval villages on top of the hills, the mountains, I should say, small mountains. And they were speechless. I mean, it is hard to not be taken back. When you arrive in Tuscany for the first time. The landscape is stunning. And what I will say about Tuscany is I think the area, the region, maybe the country in general, knew that this was their potential pride and joy. I mean, there's so many beautiful places in Italy, so I'm not offending any other region, but... Tuscany is so unique, and I think they all collectively thought, let's maintain it. No industrial areas that you can see, no ugly gas stations. Everything is picture-perfect stunning. So it's hard to not be completely blown away by how beautiful Tuscany is. It was a whole new level of oohs and ahs from the (laughs) girls in the back seat. But again, it's hard to not marvel at this place that you've heard about forever. Right. And keep in mind, two of them, Charlene and Samantha, excuse me, Charlene and Sally had never been to Italy and Samantha had only gone via train and hadn't stopped in Tuscany per se. So they were just enamored every mile we went in further and further. I can understand because the first time that you took me to Tuscany, I felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. So we finally found our villa that we were staying at for a few days off this dirt road. I mean, GPS worked, pulled off this dirt road, and we were a little skeptical, like, hmm, wonder if this is it. And then we keep going, keep going, keep going, up and up and up. And then all of a sudden, there's the gate. And I buzzed it. Someone says, Buonasera, Kimberly. They could see me. And then I get back in the car and the gates slowly open. And it was just about sunset. The gates open and I start to drive in. And then all of us, myself included, were completely speechless. It was one of those quintessential drives, entryways. With the cypress trees lining both sides. Lined with very, very old cypress trees. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't see anything past these cypress trees until you kept going further. And then all of a sudden, there's this villa. And it was, uh, it is like a goldish sienna color anyway. And the sun was setting on it. And we were like, oh my God, can we move in here forever? <laughs> It was just a dream before we even got out of the car. So the lovely young woman that was working there, um, you know, got us inside and with we unpacked the Fiat Tipo with that crazy luggage. 
And then she said to me, so you can park the car down here. And she pointed to this area and the rest of the girls go inside with her. I was like, okay, see you in a minute. So I drove to the area she pointed to and I thought, hmm, seriously, (laughs) this doesn't look um, as wide as the car and it's going straight down, straight down this little stone hill. And then there wasn't much room in front of me to take a right or a left. So I thought, okay, be cool. You can do this. And then I realized there's no other cars there. And I thought, oh my God, no one's here yet. But it was sunset. Anyway, so I did it. I didn't go over the edge of the mountain or anything. Go inside and uh, she said, so I'm so happy to tell you that you can have these lovely rooms and the villa basically to yourselves for your entire stay. We have no other guests until Friday and we were leaving Thursday or something. And she said that they're closing the following week and we have it to ourselves. We're like, oh, Dio mio. Fantastic. (laughs) Is there an upcharger on that bill? No. So we got the lay of the land. We walked around the property a bit, but it was getting dark. And then since we had only had the panino from Autogrill, we asked her for a restaurant recommendation in Multipulciano. And she said, oh, I better call right now. It was like a Wednesday night or Tuesday night. And she said oh, some of the restaurants are are closed for the season. So she made us a reservation at this lovely place, lovely, called Osteria del Conti. So we drive straight up the mountain to Multipulciano. <laughs> and she said, oh, you'll find some public parqueggio, some public parking area. So I'm literally aiming straight uphill. And then at the very last minute, I see to the left, like behind me to the left type turn, a parquejo sign. Like, then the next thing you know, you're aiming face down. You felt like you're in one of those roller coaster rides, you know, like where (laughs) your feet are up and then all of a sudden your head is down. And with that, everybody in the back is going, oh my God, oh my God, no. And I find the only spot left in this public parquejo. Like, Phew, okay. So we walked to this little Osteria, this village of Multipulciano. I hadn't been there in probably eight years. I forgot how idyllic it is. It's teeny, it's medieval. It, there's nothing but stone, nothing contemporary, n- nothing modern. And it just like this calm came over you and you're like, oh, how stunning. So we find the Osteria, we walk in, the place is packed. I mean, there's only like 15 tables, but it's a small place, but it was full. All Italians, not a single tourist. You know it's good. Yes, that's true. (laughs) But it's off season and they want to take advantage of their own restaurants. Sure, because in the summer, when it's the mob scene, they they never go. So we got the last table and they could not have been nicer and... The young woman working at the villa told us, well, you know, it's truffle season. So if you enjoy truffles, go for it. So we did. (laughs) We had tagliatelle with tartufo and porcini. We had grilled, not portobello, but grilled mix of all kinds of mushroom Mm -hmm. porcini. And 
just a mushroom extravaganza. And whatever else we had, it was it was mushroom centric. It was all <laughs> delicious, really, really tasty. With it, we ordered a bottle of Brunello da Montepulciano. Guess how much it cost? Um, 18 euros. The equivalent of like 26, 28 dollars. Dollars. Okay. okay. And here in America, a good Brunello da Montepulciano is 70 euro, 70 dollars minimum. Right? Yes. So here we were with like a $26, $28 bottle. We're like... In, a, the, in a restaurant. In a restaurant, Because exactly. Brunello doesn't double that. Exactly. Probably 100, minimum of 100, 125. So they poured it. They poured it in these beautiful glasses. It, this was not an elegant place. This was a local, uh, casual restaurant. But man, do they know they're good wine glasses, right? So they pour it in this lovely glass and we each take a sip at the same time we're like oh my god <laughs> because it was their first brunello right because each place we went throughout this entire road trip we only drank regional wine where we were right. so this was our first brunello oh my god <laughs> it was so good and the dinner was delicious etc and then the girls decided they wanted a Tiramisu. So we ordered one because we were quite full from our mushroom extravaganza. <laughs> so we ordered this tiramisu and then the same thing happened like what happened with the first sip of Brunello. We each had a bite and Charlene and Samantha simultaneously were like, oh my God, I never knew this is what tiramisu really is like. <laughs> <laughs> because they'd only ever had it in America and everyone's got their version. Right. And tiramisu all over Italy is different. It's different. As, and, as we'll get into down the road when I was there. Yes. And in uh, this particular place, Osteria del Conte in Montepulciano, Dio mio. Amazing. It was so good and we were so vocal about it that after they cleared our plate and we thought, okay, we're finished. We're going to ask for the bill. Oh, no. The owner comes over and she was so thrilled at our exuberance over everything we <laughs> ate. She goes, ecco, un po' di vin santo. So vin santo means sacred wine. And it's a dessert wine and it's an amber color, the one we had. Mm -hmm. And she put down a plate of biscotti. So a handmade plain biscotti, a teeny bit of almond flavor to it. And then we looked at her, she looked at us, she takes the biscotti and she just took one biscotti and put it in the glass. And then she said in Italian, just let it soak, take a bite. So we did. And then again, we're like, oh my God. <laughs> Kittens were meowing. <laughs> it was so delicious. And Samantha finally just said, Okay, this Vinsanto Biscotti combination is life-changing. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fantastic. So then we go back to the villa, and the proprietor was there, this lovely, beautiful woman who had the time, because she had no other guest, and the desire to share a glass of wine with us in front of the fire 
that she lit for our return in this incredible living room. This fireplace was one big slab of stone. It was so stunning. So we're in all these comfortable couches and this big wood coffee table. I think you sent me a photo of that. Oh, yes. Yes, I did. That was the um, actually the second night that photo was from the wine that we bought the pre the following days um, at the vineyard tour. Don't worry. I just hate you momentarily, but I still love you. <laughs> so we did bring a bottle with us mm-hmm. and we had it that first night mm-hmm. with this lovely proprietor. She told us the story of her two-year, three-year renovation of this villa, how her family's been very involved in restoring homes like this. And she was so lovely and so generous with her time and the desire to share the history prior to her purchasing it, but the history of the villa, who owned it. It actually had been a, a German man for a long time. And you can see that influence at the pool. He designed this pool that's very stark and has a a very German feel to the outbuilding by the pool with these incredible sculptures, proud from it. It, The whole thing is incredible. But anyway, we spent a good hour with her. And because it was off season and we were the only guests there and she was so proud of her work and her livelihood that she shared everything with us. And when we went to bed that night in this incredible room with probably one of the most luxurious bathrooms of my entire month long trip, it we slept like babies and just thought, what a treat, how lucky we were to be there. Again, well, it's partially because of COVID. Yes. But it's also because it's off season. Yes. And for example, during her talk, she was saying how she chose to attract a group of guests that respect the quiet of the countryside, that respect the age of this villa and respect everything about it. So she, a couple of years ago, decided to not allow children under 18 years. So it's primarily older people, older adults, you know, no families of five and six-year-olds, which may annoy a lot of people, but her decision was to have a calm environment where people can really relax and soak in this quintessential Tuscan experience. Because the view from this villa, it's high up. You're almost level looking at Multipulciano across the valley. And the view contains vineyards, fields that were just harvested. They were had been wheat fields, rolling hills, little mountains, a lot of agriculture, and then the random, you know, medieval village here and there. <laughs> and it was so beautiful. So she went on and on and she said, I really love it when I get the right type of guest that appreciates everything about this place, not just the history, but our breakfast and our our gardens and everything. And she said, and you know, my favorite, favorite sound in the high season is the sound of paper pages of a book being wow. turned at the pool. 
Yeah, not a Kindle, a book. Right? A real book. That's what she said. She goes, people lay on these nice, comfortable lounge Lounges. chairs yep. by this kind of modern-ish pool. It's not ornate. There's nothing fancy to it. It's just stark. Stark in a beautiful way. Sure. I'm sure. In a German design way. Yeah. And she said, and the sound of paper pages turning as I'm walking by, you know, maybe delivering someone a Ginny Tonica, you know. <laughs> or an Aperol Spritz. Or an Aperol Spritz. And I, the second she said that, <laughs> Sally said, um, could I come work here? <laughs> I've just retired in America. I would love to work here. <laughs> and I thought, I would just love to stay here. I don't really want to work. Anyway, it was such an incredible experience and such a beautiful place to stay. So you can bet your bottom dollar that any trip I plan for people going to Tuscany, this villa is at the very top of my recommendation. So as I mentioned, that stunning bathroom in this villa, I took the longest shower possible. I used everything in this place. The towels were like... Velvet. Oh, it was just awesome. How was the water pressure? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> anyway, so then we all go down to another outbuilding because the property has several buildings. And then you can see that all of them were renovated. And then we walked into this breakfast room and Dio Mio again, right? Just antiques that fit so perfectly in this place. The whole feel and vibe was just absolute perfection. And we walk in and there's Lucia, this lovely woman who made us breakfast each day because you filled out because of COVID. You filled out a little form of what you would prefer. I'm sure pre-COVID they had like a buffet, like mm -hmm. most people, most accommodations that do offer breakfast do a buffet for foreigners. Italians, as we've mentioned, are not that into breakfast. So they do it for their guests or tourists. So we filled out a form the day before and, you know, we chose whatever. And I keep choosing yogurt. Because their yogurt, as you know, is unlike anything we've had. Right. It's so simple and so good and so rich and delicious. So yogurt, fresh fruit, all these baked goods from scratch, homemade jams, jellies, eggs from the pro chickens from the property, you name it. It was unbelievable. And Lucia made an amazing cappuccino. All of us were like, oh, well, actually, Charlene drank Cafe Americano. And here at this villa, that was her first, you know, in four days, whatever. <laughs> it was her first best Americano she's had yet. So it was this amazing breakfast with the most delightful people. It was just such a perfect way to start your day. And then, oh, hold on. Tom's waving at me. We're almost at 30 minutes already. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, I haven't even gone through past breakfast of our first <laughs> official day in Tuscany. There's so much more to share because we had the most unbelievable day. We went on a vineyard tour to Nostra Vita, which is a long, incredible story. This place is unlike any other vineyard any of us have ever been to. 
Then we met my friend Paolo, who I'd only been an email friend with for four years because I had sent clients to him in the past. And we met for the first time. We had lunch, probably the best lunch of this trip. Then we went to, we spent like three hours or two hours truffle hunting with his friend, Pierre Paolo. Then we went to a cheesemaker and bought so much cheese. It was crazy. And then we went to another vineyard. Like, I haven't even gotten to any of that story yet. Well, you'll get there next episode. Okay, I'm sorry. I was rambling, but it was worth it. Well, you weren't rambling. You could just see it in your expressions and your and your I mannerisms. Love sh- I love sharing this this road trip with you guys. So, yes. okay, we have to stop now. That means next Friday we'll be back here in our recording studio with mm. maybe a maybe a Brunello. No, no, no. I didn't bring any. I'm not going to go spend $70 on one (laughs) when you know we can just go to Tuscany and have one for 26. If anybody would like to be a wine sponsor and send us a case of Brunello, we'd be happy. Excellent idea. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be back next week with the second episode. No, the third episode of this epic road trip. And I'll get into that first day in Tuscany. Great. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. And again, thanks for the reviews on Apple Podcasts. And we have a new friend that found us on Audible. Thank you, Angelique from Austin, Texas. She emailed me. She's fantastic. She's taking her two sons and a girlfriend of the son to Italy on a month-long trip. And she got in touch and she found us on Audible. So Thank you to her. Thank you to everybody. We're really grateful. And we'll talk to you soon. Ci vediamo. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao.